Hey, this is Patrick with the Deep Astrology Podcast, and I'm over at deepastrology.org, and I'm on Facebook at Deep Astrology. I haven't done a whole lot of posting uh, in the last week, but I'll get back to it. So we're going to talk about 2024 and cover, you know, a few main points as to um, the major events that are going to color the shall we say, the, the mood of the year. So I'm definitely not going to get into every aspect, uh, you know, not even close, but I'm, I'm going to cover a few things that I think will give us the, the flavor of what's going on. And I think 2024 is important uh, because of what it's leading into, which I'll discuss in, in more depth. But we're, um, of course, the, you know, if you follow astrology, you know the main thing happening in 2024 is Pluto uh, finally going into Aquarius for for the last time. And it will, it's in Capricorn now, it will uh, enter Aquarius on the 22nd, I think, of, of January. Uh, hang out there until September, and then it'll go back to Capricorn for two and a half months. And then in uh, November will finally enter Aquarius for the last time, you know, until, uh, or yeah, and it won't be back to Capricorn for another 230 years or so. So this is it, Capricorn. Um, yeah, so that's the big, the big news. Uh, but what that's really leading toward is, is the other two outer planets, Uranus and Neptune are will be changing signs next year, and so they're all changing signs at the same time, which is uh, fairly rare and pretty big news. And they will also all be in um, major aspect to each other, where uh, Pluto and Uranus will be in a trine, which is a 120 degree relationship, and then Neptune will be in the middle, bisecting them, so it'll be forming a sextile 60 degrees to uh, Pluto and 60 degrees to, to Uranus. So this is a, you know, pretty unusual and powerful alignment, um, and it is, you know, marks sort of a point in the uh, the site, you know, all these cycles. We have a a Neptune Pluto cycle that started in uh, eighteen ninety one with their conjunction, and we're reaching a sextile in that cycle. We have a Uranus Pluto cycle. Uh, they conjuncted in nineteen sixty five, um, and we're uh, coming into a trine for that cycle. And we have a Uranus Neptune cycle, which uh, they they met up in the early 90s, I believe, and so we're coming into uh, the first major aspect in that cycle uh, as well, a sextile. So these are three planetary cycles uh, that are all coming into alignment uh, at the same time and changing signs at the same time. So big changes coming up, and, and I think 2024 is... is going to be an introduction to those big changes uh you know i'm not sure that 2024 in and of itself will be huge changes um 
oh, it did, although it being an election here in the U.S., it's going to be pretty crazy. Um, you know, whatever side of the political spectrum you're on, or if you're on, you know, no side of the political spectrum and you're you're just sort of observing from a distance, uh, I think you don't need to be an astrologer to agree that uh, 2024 is going to be fairly insane here in, in the U.S., however it turns out. So let's get uh, back to the astrology. And uh, so, yeah, so the first thing is Pluto, back and forth, and then finally entering Aquarius. Uh, and the next thing would be Neptune, which is not changing signs this year, but will be sitting for four months on that very powerful 29th degree in Pisces. So that's worth worth the mention because that is some very powerful energy. Um, and then Uranus will make it to 27 degrees around September. So that will be the first lineup of these three planets. Not quite exact, but less than three degrees of, of exactitude um, and actually lining up in their current signs, uh, which are all feminine signs of earth and, and water. So that, you know, the first time they're getting close to this lineup is, is in the feminine signs that they've been in for quite a while. And then in 2025, they're all going to line up at one degree uh, with Saturn, by the way, Saturn will be conjunct Neptune and Aries. Um, and of course, Pluto and Aquarius and, and Uranus in Gemini trining Pluto. So that'll be at one degree in the late summer of 2025. And then uh, they will hit all hit uh, four degrees in the late summer of 2026. And uh, Saturn won't be involved in that. But uh, funnily enough, Jupiter will be at four degrees of Cancer. So it, it's pretty interesting. Um, just just what's lining up. Um, and, and that you know, trying sextile relationship between the three outers will actually go on for another couple of years. So we're looking at the next four or five years, at least, uh, you know, what does it mean? Well, it, first of all, that, you know, whatever influence each one of them has is going to be, um, sort of combining with the other two, uh, you know, because they're in a, um, a flowing alignment, you know, the sextiles and, and the trines are um, a flowing alignment. Does that mean it's going to be like easy? No, definitely not, because it's going to be a lot of change. And human beings, you know, don't like change. They don't like change on that deep level. You know, they like change as far as like, uh, you know, uh, let's get a new car and change things up that way or new relationship. But as far as the deep, um, psychological and spiritual changes that Uranus and Neptune and Pluto are going to be pushing us into, you know, we're not uh, prepared for that. We're not really um, made for that kind of change. And so most people go kicking and screaming if they go at all, which is why we see, uh, you know, on the outer level, on the, on the national or worldwide stage, um, we can see uh, pretty negative manifestations of, of these uh, planetary archetypes, you know, when they're coming into these kinds of alignments. Um, 
but we can also see some very positive openings for individuals who are, um, you know, happen to, with these uh, alignments happen to be hitting their chart and who are also open to them and ready for, ready for big changes. So, you know, the 60s are a great example because we had the Pluto-Uranus conjunction in the 60s. And, you know, it was pretty varied. We saw a lot of wonderful things in the 60s and we saw a lot of horrible things in the 60s. And, um, you know, it's it just how people respond to the, to the energy, you know. Um, so, yeah, big uh, outer planet alignments uh, starting this year and, and uh, continuing for the next several years. That's uh, one of the big stories of 2024. And I'll get more into the specifics of Pluto and Aquarius in a, in a sec and uh, what that means. I'm not going to talk about Neptune and Aries or um, Uranus and Gemini right now because we'll wait till next year. But so uh, some other stuff that's going on. Uh, our eclipse cycle is going to mainly be in Aries and, and Libra. The, the nodes are in Aries and Libra. We will get one out of sign eclipse in the fall, um, which will be September 17th. We have a lunar eclipse in, in Pisces, uh, Pisces and um, Virgo. So, but the rest will be in Libra and Aries. And um, the solar eclipse on April 8th, which will be mainly focused um, in the south and east of the, uh, well, uh, it's kind of a, a swath coming up from Texas into the northeast of, of the U.S. Uh, that solar eclipse on April 8th is going to be pretty, pretty powerful, um, you know, in terms of it's, it's close to being a, a, a full eclipse or will be a full eclipse for you know, some people, you know, that can see it in that area. Um, but that's going to be at, uh, both the sun and the moon will be in Aries conjunct Chiron, you know, not just conjunct to the degree, but conjunct to the minute, which is a 60th of a degree. So very exact conjunction with Chiron, uh, on that solar eclipse. So we're going to talk about a little bit about what the, the Aries Libra, uh, access, you know, what are the themes of that and what what are the themes of uh, Chiron and Aries? Because we've had Chiron and Aries for a number of years. And I think, um, you know, I, I've been seeing, uh, you know, the, that being played out uh, in society and, um, you know, in my in my own life. And so we'll talk about that and opportunity for, you know, for healing there or if not healing at least some awareness of what those wounds are, which will would be the beginning of a of a healing process. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, I think the the last thing I'm gonna mention for this podcast is the Uranus Jupiter conjunction on 420. That's easy to remember. Um, at 21 degrees of Taurus. So this is a 13 and a half to 14 year cycle. And, uh, you know, generally 
speaking. It's uh, very expansive, very creative. Uh, I would use the term paradigm shift. Uh, Richard Tarnas has got a whole long section in his book, Cosmos and Psyche, and he goes into, you know, how it shows up politically uh, in terms of science, literature, music, uh, you name it. And it's pretty striking, uh, you know, just to throw out a couple of times that those two planets came together. One was in 1775. So what happened then? We had the first Continental Congress. The 14 years later, and the next Jupiter-Uranus conjunction, of course, we came together to uh, write the Constitution. Uh, 1900, we had Freud's interpretation of dreams, huge, huge uh, event. We had the first uh, positing of the quantum theory, theory uh, in physics. We had the first... Uh, you know, initial air flights, although uh, I think 1901 is the official uh, first air flight, uh, but huge uh, shifts happening in 1900 along with that Uranus-Jupiter conjunction. 1954-55, we've got the birth of rock and roll. Um, you know, we've got the birth of the beat movement. You know, we've got uh, James Dean movies, you know, so there's, there's something going on in 1954 and 55 that, you know, despite this heavy, <laughs> uh, Saturnian 1950s, you know, Eisenhower reality of, you know, the picket fences and the 2.4 children and, you know, all that, uh, you know, in the middle of that kind of stultifying, um, you know, consciousness with with the Jupiter-Uranus conjunction in, in the mid-50s, you know, we get some just amazing things. Uh, and then 14 years later, 68, 69, uh, you know, we get some of the most amazing music. Uh, you know, if you look at the albums that came out in 68, 69, uh, either out, the first albums by many groups, you know, including... Uh, yes, and King Crimson and Led Zeppelin, and the list goes on and on. And um, you know, the we had the final work by the Beatles. We had we had Woodstock. Um, you know, just uh, in incredibly creative time. Um, you know, also a, a lot going on politically that was disturbing. You know, we had some assassinations in '68, and we had some rioting and. 69, you know, so uh, we had like both sides of it. Uh, you know, we definitely had uh, the, the, the hippie movement and the love-ins, and we had uh, violence as well. So, yeah, Jupiter, Uranus, you know, and, and of course, we had the Uranus-Pluto conjunction then, so it's it's hard to separate these things out. You know, you have to look at what, what uh, all is involved. Um. But yeah, it's definitely going to be very expansive um, April 20th and, and really the months leading up to that uh, expansive energy in Taurus. So look for Taurus in your chart. And, and uh, you know, that could be a, a place where you're kind of conservative in whatever uh, that is in your chart, in, in your life, you know, if it's... Uh, if it's around your your tenth house, your your 
your career and stuff like that, um, you know, you may be, you may uh, be pretty conservative in, in what you consider for your career. And so this, uh, conjunction may, uh, get you thinking outside of that box, you know, and you may already have something brewing. The thing is, um, Uranus has already been in this area of your chart for a number of years. So you've already probably are feeling some instability in this area. And now that Jupiter's coming through, uh, I feel like what's going to happen for a lot of people is that something's going to click and they're going to be, get that expansive energy of, of Jupiter helping them kind of break out of that Taurian, you know, it's like fixed earth. So it's an area of life where uh, we can be kind of stodgy and kind of stubborn and, and uh, there's like some inertia. And Uranus has been there, like I said, kind of breaking things up. And now that, that Jupiter is coming through, uh, I think this is the time for some of that, some of those ideas to come together. You know, if, if, uh, if you've been thinking about making a move in that area of your life, uh, you know, this is a um, beneficial time to, to go for it. And um, look at the, where Taurus is on, the cusp, the house cusp, cusp that Taurus is on. So for instance, I have, this uh, is falling in my ninth house. And most of my ninth house is in Taurus. But my MC, the cusp of my 10th house, is in Taurus. So that it's going to affect that uh, as much or more uh, than my 9th my house. And of course, this is it's only 6 degrees from my MC. So look at both houses if you have you know the same situation where uh, it's falling in one house, but, but Taurus is on the cusp of the next house, then definitely look at that next house too and uh, see what's going on there. So yeah, that's going to be uh, a huge time, you know, because we're, we're coming right off those uh, Libra Aries eclipses. You know, the first one's in March 25th, and then we have one April 8th, and then this uh, is going to be April 20th between Jupiter and Uranus, the uh, conjunction there. So a lot going on. Um, just to, to talk about that April 8th uh, Aries solar eclipse with uh, conjunct to Chiron while we're here. So Aries and Libra, the issues that are going to come up, you know, have to do with uh, self-assertion, which is Aries, uh, versus Libra, which is like uh, making sure everyone's needs get met, you know, to use the language of nonviolent communication, which I is very fitting for the sign of, of Libra. So th that is the dichotomy uh, of the Aries-Libra polarity in, in the uh, in the zodiac, which these eclipses will be bringing up for people. And the North Node is in Aries, so that may be the area we may want to kind of shift our weight a little bit more toward the the Aries uh, part, you know, um, in other words, uh, looking at have we been too Libra and have we been too much trying to 
take care of everyone else's needs and, you know, not even aware of our own needs. Uh, and I say that especially with Chiron and Aries and Chiron right on this 19 degrees where this eclipse is happening, you know, so Chiron and Aries is a wound that has to do with self-assertion, self-identity, you know, do I really matter? Does what I want really matter? Um, you know, we, we can kind of look at Aries as not really a, a sign of great depth, you know, I mean, it's Aries is kind of easy to overlook and feel like, you know, what it's, it's very simple, you know, uh, you know, they just want to win and, 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 and kind of act on their desires. And, you know, that's, of course, there's, there's truth to that. But that, uh, you know, that Aries energy is crucial for all of us. And, and we and we need that in our lives. And, and we, we've all got Aries somewhere in our chart. You know, even if we don't have any planets in Aries, even if we don't, you know, Aries is not even on the cusp of one of our houses, we've all got Aries in our chart. And we've all got Mars in our chart. Uh, you know, which is the ruler of Aries. So, um, yeah, you know, if that Aries energy is completely kind of snuffed out in us or completely buried, um, you know, then uh, I think the upshot of that is going to be depression. Because we, you know, the, the, the other uh, word I would use with Aries is agency. You know, that we feel that we can have an effect. You know, we have these needs that uh, we want to we want to meet. Uh, you know, they could be for relationship. They could be sexual. They could be financial, creative. Uh, we need that Aries energy to, to meet all those needs. Uh, you know, because we, we need to feel that we have agency, that we can go out there and, and fulfill our desires and, and, and get what we want, you know, um, unless you're uh, an ascetic living at the top of a mountain and, you know, you've like transcended all your desires, then, you know, this air, this Aries energy is very important for, for all of us. And uh, yeah, so Chiron here with this eclipse is, I think is going to bring up this wound uh, for people personally, and we may see stuff societally, you know, where we, um, th this issue make, you know, I'm certainly going to be looking out for it just because this, this uh, is so close, you know, right on the minute with, with Chiron, I'm going to be looking out for this to show up in, in the news because we've seen a lot of this I think uh, cancel culture is is related to this Chiron and Aries phenomenon, you know, where it's just not okay to express your own opinion in whatever, you know, field, uh, you know, you, you want to name. Uh, but, we, you know, we saw a lot of that. And, of course, there's other things astrologically that um, helped with the cancel culture. I think uh, Saturn in... In Aquarius was was big with that um, and we have seen less of that now that Saturn's in in Pisces so yeah I think I've covered that enough that's some of the stuff to look at with that eclipse with Chiron and April 8th 
And um, yeah, so, you know, getting back to the three outer planets, which is mainly what I want to cover. Um, as I say, at the beginning of the year, we still have uh, Pluto in Capricorn and it's at the 29th degree. So Pluto will be in Capricorn for three months still this year, the first three weeks of the year, and then another couple of mo months in the fall. And that 29th degree is the most intense degree. So very powerful. And as I said, we have Neptune sitting at that 29th degree for four months in uh, mostly the, the summer. Um, so there may be some stuff that um, Pluto in Capricorn is asking us to finish up. Um, you know, it was about dissolving structures and uh, especially with financial structures and uh, governmental structures. You know, we saw that 2008 and it's about revealing stuff that is hidden. You know, Pluto is about, um, you know, as being the Lord of the underworld, the Lord of Hades, it's um, Pluto rules that which is hidden. So, um, you know, in 2008, we a lot of things came to the surface about our financial system that uh, had been hidden, you know, like the the uh, ratings agencies weren't doing their job uh, and banks were giving out loans that they knew couldn't be paid back, but they, you know, they did so because they knew that they could bundle those loans and sell them to uh, other, you know, uh, investment companies. So... Um, which is why, you know, they, after the Great Depression, they uh, enacted a law saying that you couldn't do that. And then that law was uh, shot down actually under the Clinton administration. So just in case you're, you know, a Democrat and think that the Democrats were uh, not completely in the pocket of Wall Street, you'd be wrong. Uh, both parties are completely in the pocket of Wall Street, but I don't want to get too political here. So, um, yeah, so so Pluto and Capricorn, it's about, you know, structures uh, collapsing, but, you know, not just those huge structures. I mean, uh, any Earth sign is going to have to do with the body. So, uh, and of course, we've got we've had a Uranus in Taurus for about five years now too. So definitely a lot of transformational energy around our bodies right now. So, um, you know, if you're dealing with one of these, uh, I call them mystery illnesses, you know, the, like the Lyme and the mold and the, um, electromagnetic sensitivity and all this stuff. Um, you know, I think uh, Pluto in Capricorn has been, you know, bringing that up, bringing that out, and and hopefully leading us to um, find some some healing with that. Um, but you know, I'll I'll give one example from from my life here, uh, as far as like what uh, what Pluto and Capricorn might be. Uh, spurring us on to do or, or encouraging us to do as it leaves Capricorn, uh, which is, you know, I've just taken up Qigong and, and Tai Chi 
and it strikes me that this is very uh, Capricornian, very Pluto and Capricorn. Um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, we usually think of Capricorn as related to business and authority and all those things, and of course it is, but uh, again, any Earth sign, you, you know, you should look at the body. You know, we need to bring the elements back into astrology and, and put them in a stronger place, I think, um, and, and not, um, not ignore them. I mean, we need to always be aware of the element and whatever sign we're talking about and, and all the significations that that element um, connotes. You know, and Earth always is going to be about the body, uh, you know, as, as part of, of that element. There's just no getting around it. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, um, yeah, just a sort of a little, little thing that I've been seeing. Um, is that uh, I think we've lost that connection to, to the, you know, the, the basics, the elements, the earth, air, fire, and water, and uh, the modalities, um, you know, the uh, cardinal, fixed, and mutable. Uh, we need to keep those, keep those in mind. Um, so yeah, qigong, it's, it's like a structure that has to do with, with the body, with, with, with the earth element. And, uh, so that, you know, I, I, I think I've had a lot of health issues as, uh, Pluto has gone through Capricorn and, you know, that's not even in my sixth house. So, um, but still, you know, that's, that's how it's, uh, shown up for me. And, and then when, uh, Uranus entered, uh, Taurus, you know, I think it, uh, got more intense actually. And not just health issues too, but, uh, you know, the last three and a half years dealing with, uh, trauma and doing somatic experiencing. And of course that's a type of therapy that, uh, is very much based in the body. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, uh, especially since Uranus has been in Taurus, if, you know, if there's been a real uptick in people doing those body-based trauma therapies. Um, you know, it certainly, you know, I see a lot of talk about them, certainly. Uh, of course, you know, that could just be, um, you know, because I'm into it. And, of course, you notice what you're into. So that that's not, you know, a very scientific... Uh, Observations. So I, I don't know for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, people have been working more with their traumas in a body-based way um, with Pluto and Capricorn, and then even more so with uh, Uranus and Taurus. So, yeah, so some things to be aware of uh, at with, with Pluto in that very powerful 29th degree uh, that, you know, maybe finishing up, um, for, you know, the rest of this year and the first few weeks of 2024 and then that late summer, early fall, um, you know, early September to mid, uh, November when it's back in, in Capricorn. 
you know, look, look, see, see uh, again where it is in your chart and, um, you know, what's been going on and, and just knowing that that's, uh, you know, there's going to be some stuff maybe getting uh, tied up and, and, uh, and that there's actually more energy now um, as it's exiting Capricorn, not less. So, but let's, yeah, talk about Capricorn in Aquarius. It's um, obviously a very different energy, uh, although there are some similarities in that uh, both these signs are ruled by Saturn traditionally uh you know and i i do also look at uranus as to you know being part of the flavor of aquarius but i th i don't think there's any doubt that aquarius has to do with structures of thought you know and all the air signs have to do with the mind and and thought and um and also uh people and groups of people and and so Aquarius, as the last air sign, is the most complex. You know, when you're in Gemini, you're, um, you love information, you love the play of the mind and learning things, but you're not necessarily putting it together into a framework or committing to any one idea. You know, and then when you get to Libra, you know, and you have this idea of balance, there's a little, you know, and, and uh, Saturn is exalted in Libra, so there's a little bit more structure coming into it. You know, Libra is definitely concerned with, you know, it's the beginnings of like morality, um, being that first sign in the, you know, of the, the last six signs. So getting into that social milieu, we're getting into uh, morality and, and, and rules so that the information, uh, the knowledge, the ideas that we're, um, you know, playing with, um, are getting put into some kind of order and there's some kind of purpose behind them. And then when you get to Aquarius, you, you know, you're getting into full on structures of thought, structures of belief, belief systems, and, uh, defined groups of people, you know, cause if you, identify with a group of people, uh, like say the Democrats versus the Republicans, you're, you know, that's mostly because you have this shared belief system, this shared structure of thought. So whether it's political, whether it's religious, you know, even if it's your job, there are many jobs which require you pretty much to buy into a system of belief. I mean, like, look at, um, the medical system for, for, for you know, to take one example, that, uh, requires you to buy into a uh, pretty strongly into a system of belief, um, you know. And if you start thinking like that, um, really, disease is mostly caused through our our mind and our emotions and our you know our our belief systems and the negative emotions that we are not able to process. If you start to look at health in that way, um, you know, you're not going to fit into that system, you know. So so you're you'll have a difference in your structure of, of beliefs and then you'll, you know, you'll have to exit from, from that, those groups of people that believe a certain way and find new groups of people. And I think that's what's going to happen with Pluto and Aquarius is that um, both individually and uh, society-wide that 
structures of belief, belief systems are going to start not to make sense for people, you know, that there will be, the world will be changing in ways that, that their belief systems just don't really uh, work, you know, to make sense of. And, um, and then they will also cease, you know, to identify maybe with the same groups of people and uh, start to identify with other groups of people that they realize uh, where, you know, they share more beliefs in common with this other group than they did with the original group that they dealt with. So it, it's going to be um, confusing and there's going to be a lot of shifting of alliances and beliefs with Pluto and Aquarius. And, you know, this is going to be 20 years. So, you know, it may not all happen next year or the year after. You know, this is a long, a long process. Uh, but we may see some dramatic stuff because like when Pluto entered Capricorn, we saw some very dramatic stuff in terms of our financial system, you know, in terms of the, the stock market collapse and the real estate market collapse and the insurance market collapse and, uh, you know, that actually started before Pluto entered Capricorn, but still, I think, you know, was quite related to Pluto being in Capricorn and you know, it's exactly on the money, no pun intended, uh, for what the things you would expect to happen with Pluto and Capricorn. So we may see uh, some dramatic stuff going on uh, as far as groups and, and belief systems and, and shifting allegiances. We'll, we'll see. Um, you know, of course, we've got, um, again, here in the U.S., we've got... Uh, a presidential primary so it could play out with that um and i i do think uh one person you could see that around is uh robert kennedy you could see um him attracting um you know independents and and republicans and you saw that with with bernie sanders too so uh that is that would be one manifestation of that um, that, that I could see happening and, you know, I'm not endorsing Robert Kennedy, but I, I do think it pretty, uh, accurately would, would reflect that Pluto in, in, uh, Aquarius vibe and, and what it signifies. I, I think he would be a person around whom, um, that would, that would show up. You know, because and, and Bernie was the same way, and it, it's yeah, not endorsing either of those uh, people, but it it's just it's just the truth that um, you know a lot of Republicans were going to vote for um, or independents were going to vote for Bernie, and then when he you know uh, got out of the race, they voted for Trump. You know, so we already had been seeing that. Um, but I think that's going to intensify. And I mean, that could be on any level of society. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, political. And I really don't want to get into politics here or endorsing anybody because I'm not. But, uh, you know, I'd like to be able to 
talk about what's going on in light of the astrology and, and have it just be like, um, you know, uh, fairly neutral and, in, in, you know, as much as I can. Um, yeah, so that's Pluto and Aquarius. And um, I don't know, I think maybe we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, we're, we're at 40 minutes now and that's, you know, I usually... Uh, don't go longer than about half an hour. So, yeah, those are the main bullet points. Um, Pluto and Aquarius, uh, that outer planet lineup that is going to continue into 2025 and beyond. Uh, we've got the eclipses in Libra Aries. Uh, and I, I don't know that I mentioned that this, the second two eclipses will be September 17th and October 2nd. But usually, you know, we'll kind of just look at the whole year as um, having that Libra versus Aries flavor. Because we've already started that eclipse cycle. So that's, you know, those issues have already been kicked off. And, uh, yeah. And then the uh, Uranus... Jupiter conjunction of April 20th. Um, oh, the other, only other thing I will mention is that we're starting the year off uh, on kind of a positive note uh, where Jupiter will have gone direct on December 30th and then Mercury is going direct on January 2nd. So we're starting the year off with only one planet in retrograde Uranus, and that will go direct, uh, I think, around around the time the Sun goes into Aquarius and, and Pluto uh, goes into Aquarius around the, that uh, third week of, of January, Uranus will go direct. So we'll have the first few months of the year with uh, all the planets gone direct. So that, you know, we will, I think, feel a little bit of momentum there. Uh, momentum, you know, going into that uh, really sweet Jupiter-Uranus conjunction in Taurus on, on uh, April 20th. So yeah, definitely check out your chart and see where that's uh, going to be. Or get an astrology reading. You can find me at deepastrology.org. Uh, book a reading or just, you know, say hi. You can message me there. Uh, you know, if you've listened this far, uh, please leave me a review. Uh, you know, I, I just starting out on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and I definitely need some reviews so I can start to break through and break out and get noticed. So, um, yeah, I will deeply appreciate that. So uh, I'll leave it there and um, have a wonderful rest of your uh 2023 whatever holidays uh, you're celebrating and i will talk to you soon take care